Well, God bless you guys. Good morning. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're convinced, but that's okay. It is, it is the Sunday after the time change. So I'm, I'm proud of you for being here. Good for you for knowing how to work a clock. Even though we've been doing this our entire lives, sometimes it still feels hard. And you heard rumors. You heard rumors this was the last one we'd ever do. And I'm going to tell you, that's a lie. They would, they would be talking about it if it was. Um, hey, do me a favor. Uh, before I hop in, uh, we lost someone from our church this week, uh, Bill Laws, who's uh, he and his wife, along with their son, Pastor Darren, who's the founding pastor, they were founding members of the church, and, and Bill has been a patriarch uh, to this church. And because of his health, Bill and Joy have been unable to attend throughout the pandemic and a little before that as well. And, and uh, Bill passed away this week. And um, we need to pray for them, pray for the entire family. Uh, our church has definitely lost uh, one of our true pillars of faith, uh, somebody that I admired and looked up to, somebody who uh, I considered a mentor in the faith, somebody who I deeply admired, his faith, trust, and confidence in God's promises. And um, we're just, we're hurting with the family, and the uh, funeral is going to be this week. And so just pray over them uh, this week, if you will, and, and we're going to believe for, for a big, heavy blanket of God's peace and comfort to rest over them. Amen? So um, we are beginning a, a series. We're now uh, into the second week, and I'll, I'll tell you this is probably going to be my favorite uh, message of the series, and not because I think maybe it's more important, although maybe it is just a little bit. Um, because it's a passion thing for me, I got a phone call uh, a couple of weeks back, and it was someone who um, had, had gone to the church, but they live uh, far away and, and can't come here anymore. And they just wanted to call and share with me how much a conversation I had with them meant to them and how often they use this principle in their relationships. And it uh, was something I shared with them that I had shared with many people before, uh, and it, it, it sort of came to me in the form of percentages, and I shared with them how to manage percent, uh, percentages in their relationships to maintain health for themselves and health for the relationship. And it was able to produce with them and many other uh, people some success. So that's really where we're getting the whole series from is, is the concept of being able to maintain health and achieve health in your relationships, in your faith, in your time management, and everything that matters through just good math. And, and I'm not good at math, but I understand simple percentages. And so I want to share an idea with you today that I think is going to be helpful. So we're going to hop right in because I don't want to, um, I don't want to miss anything today, and uh, I want to, I want to get get in there. Okay, so uh, take out your notes if you don't already have them, and uh, we we appreciate and love our online campus and those who are watching online. God bless you guys, and uh, you can follow along in your app as well. So I can calculate the success of a relationship. There, if, if, if any of us could have predicted the success of Amazon back when it was just a, do you remember when Amazon only sold books, right? Some of you don't. <laughs> um, they only sold books and uh, they were just an online bookseller. And if anyone knew back then what it would become today, 
That would have been the best time to calculate the success of a company, invest in it then so that you could be really, 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 really rich today, right? If you could have calculated the loss of a job, then you would have left that job and gone somewhere else and gotten a different job so that it would have uh, saved you from the season of unemployment. If we could calculate anything in advance to predict its success or its failure, it would help us manage that in a way that allows us to alleviate the kind of risk that end up where we pull out our hair and we just go, I can't believe this happened to me. How did I not see this coming? And um, here's the good news. When it comes to relationships, as volatile and as unpredictable as they seem because there's people involved, you can actually manage the health of the relationship before it comes to some catastrophic end or some blow up or some disappointment or some betrayal or some hurt. And usually what happens is that you end up experiencing something. How many of you have had, <clears throat> um, have you ever heard the expression, never meet your heroes? And, and, and the idea comes from this, that you have this ideal of who they are. You idolize this image of them, this, this perception of them that you have, and then you meet them and you find out they're human and you see their human characteristics and you see their human traits. And I've had that as being a pastor where I've worked under people and, and the closer I got, sometimes I found out the more human they really were. And that's, and that's not really a them problem for just being human. It was sort of a me problem for not really calculating that they were more human than I anticipated and they were going to do human things. And, and when people are human, sometimes they hurt other people, right? So take this into your notes. I can calculate the success of every relationship by number one, knowing the capacity I'm starting from. Listen, we'd all love to believe that we operated 100%. So that's what we say to each other. Like uh, um, you, you were sick. Hey, how you feeling? You back to 100%? I'm not 100% yet, but I'm almost there. Or, or, or somebody says, uh, hey man, I need you to, this is a big project, I need you to give me your 100%. You got to put 100%. Every sports team, I need you to give 110%. We're, we will never give 100% to anything because we never operated 100%. The reality is you're not at your 100% best Physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, or relationally, you have a capacity. I want you to imagine if there were a picture here. It would have been great if I could have spent 99 cents at the dollar store and, and got a plastic picture and then filled it up with a, a Kool-Aid or something to just show you that the entire fullness of this picture would be 100%. But we each carry within us something. There's our own experiences, our own hurts, our own uh, uh, encounters in life, our own circumstances, our own tiredness, our own uh, mental fight that we're in, our own spiritual battle that we're trying to gain maturity. There's all of that that consumes part of who we are. So our attention, our efforts, our energy, uh, 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 everything that we are, it, it's going into that. That's the stuff that never goes away. Then there's other things in our life that are calling on part of who we are. So we start at a place where the 100% we're giving is actually 70% or 
or maybe 30% because you might be going through a lot. I mean, a lot, a lot, like more than you've ever gone through before. And because of that, if somebody talks about giving 100%, I need you, I need, I need you now. That becomes extremely difficult. As a matter of fact, it begins, to, it begins to threaten your entire health because the very little that you have left, that's a margin. When you start filling up with all of these things demanding who you are, that's a margin. You have to recognize that you have a capacity and be honest about it. And the, 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 the real issue isn't that we have limitations. Most of us are... are, are um, are aware of that, it's that we don't admit how many limitations that we have happening in our life. We won't recognize that we're more limited on time than we really say we are. And maybe that's our fault. Maybe we're doing that to ourselves, but we keep pretending as if we've got more and more time to keep adding more and more things. Maybe we don't recognize how drained we are emotionally and you know how it gets. You get drained emotionally. You start getting drained physically. And you get drained physically and emotionally and mentally, and you don't have any energy to put into your spiritual health. So your spiritual health begins to fail, and your emotional health begins to fail, and your physical health begins to fail, and then you have no margin left at all. It's because pride keeps convincing us we have capacity for more. You can add more. You can give 110%. You've got to just push through this season. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep adding more. You can't say no to this thing because it's just too important. And this person needs you right now. But I want to read you a passage from Proverbs that I think you should maybe uh, tape on a mirror in the morning and look at it every day. Proverbs 11.2 says this, When pride comes, shame is not far behind. But listen, but wisdom accompanies those who are humble. Here's what happens when you admit that you are limited in your life, that you have a limited capacity, that there's only so much room to get everything into, that in your relationships, in your own personal health, there is a starting point for you, and it may be very limited at this season, or you might have a little more capacity, but you have to admit that you are limited. We confuse, pride makes us confuse limited with weak. I, I can't be there for you. Because I'm not emotionally strong enough to do this. I, 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 I don't even have the strength to, to increase spiritual maturity. We sort of feel like when we're admitting limitations, we're admitting that we have failed at something. Here's the thing. If you can't recognize limitations, you can't overcome limitations. If you can't realize your capacity, you'll never grow your capacity. Humility, recognizing honestly that you're limited here and you're limited there, and knowing the percentages of each one of those. Listen, honestly, physically, I feel good. I can get up every morning and run, and, and it feels like the one thing I'm doing really well in my life. I've got a huge capacity there. Emotionally, I do feel really distracted. I'm maybe operating at 50%. I, it always feels like my thoughts are going somewhere they shouldn't. Spiritually, i got to be honest, it's a struggle right now. It's a struggle. I have, I have put other things where my spiritual health should be. And so, unfortunately, I've consumed all of that, that spiritual space and capacity in my life. I filled it with other stuff. 
I've started kind of, I've started kind of worshiping uh, vacation. I've started worshiping money, and I've started worshiping exercise, and I've started worshiping this. The, the, the things I give my love and my, uh, my adoration to, that's all been taken up. You really need to recognize that because once you do, you begin to realize where you need to add health, where you need to add capacity, where you need to stop taking on more. And that leads us to the second thing is this, and I think this is probably maybe, if I'm being honest, maybe the most important point. I can calculate the success of every relationship by accepting the different expectations. Accepting the different expectations. So listen, if it's true that you're not bringing 100% to a relationship, if you're limited emotionally, spiritually, physically, and relationally, then every other person in your life is experiencing the same exact thing. Not only that, not only that, their experiences, their hurts, their circumstances, their life, the things you don't know about, the things that they haven't shared with you, the things that you haven't taken into consideration might be affecting them even more deeply and they may have even less capacity for health in their relationships. So you bring together two people who have different capacities, limited capacities, and both of those people have expectations for what a relationship is, what they're supposed to give to it, and what they're supposed to get from it. And if we're not operating at 100% health emotionally, spiritually, mentally, then you can imagine the expectations we have for relationships are probably not 100% healthy. Right? So if, if, if you have the flu and you say, well, I'm about, man, maybe 25% capacity physically, I'm just, this has really got me knocked down. Do you think you're going to act in full health? Somebody says, hey, we're doing a 5K this morning. You want to join us? And you go, oh boy, I probably should tell you it's not going to go well because I don't have... I'm going to be throwing up on the side, and you, you promised us you would do this. Well, we told you three months ago we were doing, and we, you said we were going to do it together. Why are you doing this to us? Those are the kind of expectations we have for people relationally all the time. We don't feel well, and so we look to our relationships for people to compensate for that. To add health where we don't have it, we go to wells that are already dry to try and fill our wells that are going empty. We have unhealthy expectations of our boss, of our spouse, of our friends, of our kids even, of our pastor and volunteers and co-workers, of people in general. And they have unhealthy expectations of us. And because of that, we end up being enormous disappointments to each other. Because we're not often quick to recognize the hurts and the things that have happened in their life, the circumstances and experiences that are different than ours, that shape them differently than ours, that make them come into the relationship with different expectations and, 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 and maybe not able to bring to us what we're wanting from that relationship. I've sat down with many couples who the wife is expecting her new husband or husband of many years 
to be the same man her father was. And that's not his role at all. Or for the man to go, my mom always did this for me, and this is the way my mom did it in our home, and he wants just a, 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 a wifely version of his mom. And those are unhealthy expectations to have of our spouse or the expectations we put on our kids to be something that helps us feel good about our parenting. We want them to act a certain way and talk a certain way and behave a certain way and do this and go here and get this job because we think that's going to lead to their happiness, but really what it is is it leads to our happiness. So those are the expectations. Listen to John 2, 23 through 25. I love this verse, and I don't come across it as much as I wish I would because it's such a good verse. Because of the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration, many began to trust in him, but Jesus didn't trust them because he knew all about people. No one needed to tell him about human nature, for he knew what was in each person's heart. I love that because Jesus didn't berate them or belittle them or condemn them for not being trustworthy people. It's just Jesus understood them. He was at a different place. He had the capacity for health. He was in a good place. And he did things out of the abundance of his health. He was working miracles. He was touching lives. He was transforming. And they were trusting him. Jesus understood as he looked into their lives, they were not at the same place. And so he did not have the same expectation of them that they had of him. You can be in a relationship where someone expects something of you, and it's fair for you not to expect the same thing from them. Because they don't have the capacity for it. You just have to be okay with the fact that not everybody might be at the same place that you are. They might be in a better place, or more likely, sometimes they might be at a worse place. And you just have to be okay with the fact that relationships aren't reciprocal all the time. They're not equal all the time. They aren't give and take all the time. Sometimes you're going to be the stronger one who they can expect more of you than you can of them. But that leads to this really, really, this is actually the most important point of the message. Number three, I can calculate the success of every relationship <clears throat> by finding the right percentage for now. Finding the right percentage of for now. <clears throat> so I hope that you and I are always working on expanding the capacity of our health and increasing the capacity of our health. And, 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 always being aware of our capacity. And I hope in your life, everyone in your life is also working on their capacity for increased health. Wouldn't that be wonderful if we were all working towards that same goal? But the truth is, the reality is that there are going to be those in your life who not only won't recognize they have issues with their capacity, won't recognize that they're lacking capacity and that they're, they're full up of a lot of stuff and they have very limited capacity. They won't ever do anything to actually do any work to increase the capacity for health. There are just going to be those people, and you have to be sort of okay with that. And, and I encounter people in life now who um, 
I'm, I'm thankful in a lot of ways for what the pandemic did to the church because I think it exposed some real unhealthiness in the church. I think we saw that people had were using the church to advance their, their societal and their, their political biases and, 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 and drumbeat. They just needed, they needed another force behind. They needed to get God on their team to help them advance the thing they really wanted to, to change in the world. And then when the pandemic hit and there was masks, no masks, things like that, then people just started flocking to whoever would let them behave how they wanted to behave, right? And I knew that was going to be super popular when I started talking about that. So uh, <clears throat> what I've realized is when you sit with certain people and you have a discussion with them, um, they'll never recognize the, the error of that thinking. And there's very little that you'll ever say or be able to do to convince them otherwise. You can quote scripture, you can talk about the heart of Christ, you can preach grace and mercy in the, in the ministry of Jesus to bring the good news, and you'll just never move that ball any further down the field. And I've decided that it's um, very difficult to go deep with anyone like that as much as I want to. So I've recognized whether it's for something like that or anything else with a relationship that you would hope, that you would hope you could go deep with, that you could be vulnerable with, that you could tell them something that's important to you, but you don't want anyone else knowing about it. You just need someone you can trust to talk to, to share with, and you do, and they end up telling someone, or they end up judging you because of that, or they end up holding it over your head, or they weaponize it and use it against you, and you think, oh my gosh, you're my mom, or you're my spouse, or you're my kid, or you're my sibling, or you're my best friend. I should be able to trust you with them. I should be able to go 70%, 80% deep with you. Because let's be honest, we don't go 100% deep with even ourselves. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. We lie to ourselves. We don't even go 100% with ourselves. So let's just say that 80% is the deepest you could possibly go with anyone. I should be able to do this with you. And what you realize is there's a floor to health. In this relationship, it's different than the floor in this relationship, and it's different than the floor in this relationship, and that relationship, and that relationship, because everybody has a different capacity before it begins to affect your health. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 26, 4 through 5. It says, there's no good way to answer fools when they say something stupid. If you answer them, then you too will look like a fool. You're just two fools arguing. And if you don't answer them, then they'll think they're smart. <laughs> that is how we feel when we're trapped in a relationship that we want to be able to go deeper and it should be better and it should have more intimacy and there should be more trust and there should be something more to it. But we can't, when we're sitting in front of a parent who should be somebody who accepts us as we are and loves us as we are and we should be able to confide in them and they should be in our corner and we share something with them and all we get is the lectures and the condemnation and the judgment and we just go, you know what, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. 
I can't do this with their unhealthiness, and I can't do it with their bigotry, and I can't do it with, listen, I'm telling you, I get it. It feels like abandoning the relationship is the smartest thing. I can't do this and it not affect my health. I want your health to be protected too. And that's why I'm telling you, you have to figure out the right percentage for right now. You might be able to only go 12% deep with them. And that's talking about the dog. It's talking about the kids. It's talking about the weather. It's talking about anything that doesn't take you into vulnerable spaces in which it begins to affect your health. I'm not telling you they'll recognize that boundary. I'm not telling you they'll recognize the floor of health. I'm just telling you that's where you have to go. And you have to be able to pull out when that threshold has been hit. It looks a little like this. Hey, I know, listen, we get we tend to get really emotional when we talk about this. I think it's good to just put a pin in it. I don't want to ruin our time together, and we don't do well when we talk about this. We both get emotional, and I just want to enjoy our, our time together. And if they still can't relent, you say, listen, let's get back together when you're feeling a little bit better and, 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 and you want to enjoy this time as well. I love you. Give them a hug, and you just pull out. I've told people before as I've sat with 50-year-old adults who say, I don't know how to tell my parents I don't want to come to Thanksgiving dinner because they're going to have my brother there who's toxic and he just got out of jail and he was there for a terrible reason and I don't want my kids around him and my parents can't believe that as a Christian I would do this to my brother. I'm not being forgiving and blah, 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 blah. And they say, and they'll scream at me and yell at me on the phone and I just have to sit there and listen. I said, oh, but you don't. You say, listen, mom, you're getting emotional. Dad, I, I can tell you're passionate because you've got your voice really elevated. You're, you're yelling now. And I, I want to talk later when you feel like you can talk calmly about this and then hang up. Oh, my God, if I hung up on them, they'd call right back. And then you say, hello. And when they start yelling again, you go, sounds like you're still being emotional. And you hang back up again. And you go, but these are my parents. And I say, exactly. That's why I don't think it's always a good idea to just cut off relationship. But you, you're, you are an adult responsible for your health and for your spouse's health and for your kid's health and for your family's health. And it's your job to protect that. And it doesn't matter what title they carry in your life. They don't have God's permission to crap on your health. That's from the NIME translation. <laughs> Listen to Proverbs 25, 16 through 17. It says, when you're given a box of candy, don't gulp it all down. Eat too much chocolate and you'll make yourself sick. And when you find a friend, don't outwear your welcome. Show up at all hours and he'll soon get fed up. This is a wonderful way of saying that a good thing can go too far. And then unless you measure it out and you're careful with it, it can get unhealthy very quickly. People in your life can wear out their welcome and you can wear out your welcome in other people's lives. It means the wise person understands their limitations. It means that a good thing can become a bad thing when you have too much of that good thing and you don't set up good, healthy boundaries. We don't mind our kids having a piece of candy, but they're not allowed to eat the whole box of candy because we know it'll make them sick. You can have time with people who aren't, listen, chocolate, 
they're like, a chocolate has, it, it's healthy for you. It's got a cocoa bean. Just go on an all-chocolate diet and see how healthy it is for you. Coffee has things that are healthy and it just Go on an all-coffee diet. See how that works. Go on an all-wine diet. Everything that they say is healthy. There's healthy. It's healthy to drink milk. Sure, go on an all-milk diet. All good things are bad when you go too far with them. And even good relationships, relationships that should have health in our lives, you have to know the limitations. You have to be able to know the floor in that relationship. It'd be nice if we could go deep with everybody. But by knowing the capacity now for how far you can go with that allows you to, in the future, begin to test those boundaries a little bit. See if they can be trusted with something small. And if they can be because of your good communication. Now listen, mom, dad, sibling, friend, I'm going to tell you something and I have to tell you I've been disappointed in the past. I don't want to hurt your feelings because I know you're not doing it to hurt me. But I'm going to tell you this, and if, if you tell anyone or if, you, if it starts becoming a lecture, just know that I have to pull back and we won't be able to have this kind of relationship. I want to trust you. But there's been times in the past that I felt burnt by trusting you. And maybe they have the capacity to learn and grow and say, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to do that. I love you. This is why I do it. I was trying to get advice from somebody. I opened my mouth. I shouldn't have. Please, I'm sorry. And maybe you can expand that. But you have to find the right percentage for right now. So if for where you're at in your marriage, you're at the place of just wanting to give up, understand there's a floor of health. And right now it might be 20%, but you can grow that percentage. There's a lot of ways to do that. But you have to be intentional about your health because having two unhealthy people in a relationship doesn't move it anywhere. So your motives always have to be increasing health. And number three is this, or four is this, I'm sorry. I can calculate the success of every relationship by giving 100% to any percent. So I'm going to do bad math for you. (laughs) When I say giving 100% to any percent, what I mean is this. To give 100% to that friend that you can only give 18% to. Sometimes if we go into a relationship and we recognize that this is a limited relationship, that the floor is rather shallow or I can only go to 30% with this one, I, I wish it was deeper, I wish it was more, but... Here's the problem. We tend to then hold back the best of ourselves. We think that they get a lesser version of us, an 18% version of us. And that's not what I mean at all. What I mean is give 100% of the best of who you are, your kindness and your Christ-likeness, your compassion and your mercy and, 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 and your love. Give that, give 100% that you can fit into that 18%. If that picture were here and you saw that it was almost entirely full, you go, I'm going to give the very best to the little capacity that it does have. This relationship can't go deep right now. Too many hurts, too many issues, too many things in the past. It's just not, it's not a thing I can go deep in right now. And that may be because of your own capacity, too, that you just can't give more. You might have to say one day, I know you're hurting. I can hear the hurt, and I want to be there for you. But I have to tell you, 
this is not a good time in my life to be a help to you. That's giving your 100% to the 18%. It's loving them enough to not take on any of their crisis, any of their circumstances, because you would not be a good guide dog through the wilderness. You would only lead them astray. You don't have the capacity to take on more. You're increasing your health. And you just say, I'd love to be there for you because I can tell you're hurting, but I have to tell you, there are things in my own life that I have to give what little energy and what little effort I have left, I have to give it to that. Is there someone I can help you find? Is there another friend you can turn to? Is there, is there a way I can help you find counseling? I want to help, but I don't have the capacity to help. Or when they're bringing the worst of themselves to you, you don't have to respond in kind. Gosh, they're mean. Gosh, they're judgmental. Oh, they're so critical. I feel like taking a shower after I've been with them. I just feel like ick all over me. You don't have to return the favor. You don't have to give them the worst of you and go, I'm going to let them know what it feels like. You just go, ah, I'm going to give 100% to this little, this little space and maybe I can move their, their health meter forward a little bit, but I'm just going to be good. I want to I operate in 100% health and the little bit that we will share together today, I just want to operate in. I mean, if you're talking about the weather, man, just be the best weather talker you've ever heard. I love weather. I love it when it confuses me. I love it when it's cold because it makes me grateful for the warmth. I love it when it's rainy because then I don't have to hear about the drought. I love it when it's snowing and it's threatening women's retreat. And I'm just going to, it makes me pray more. I pray against the weather so it doesn't stop us from women's retreat. You just give 100% to whatever percent. Ephesians 4.2 says this, be humble, be gentle, be patient, tolerate one another in an atmosphere thick with love. Whoever's on uh, keys, I think it's Jenny, you can come back. This is so good. It just says, listen, the best of you is giving them patience and accepting them and realizing that they're in a hurting place. I've told you the story of our now gone dog, uh, Lucy. We lived in another house and uh, there was a pit bull that lived uh, in the backyard behind our house. And one day I was getting ready to leave for the office and I heard Lisa and the kids screaming at the top of their lungs and I ran out and this pit bull had gotten its head busted out a fence board and gotten Lucy's paw through it and it was pulling, trying to pull her through the fence. And I went out and I didn't have anything stronger than my fist and so I just reached through the fence board and began to punch that dog in the face while I tried to pick Lucy up. And Lucy turned and bit me. Now, I could have smacked Lucy in the head and I could have shook her and I could have spanked her and I could have yelled at her, you dumb dog, I'm helping you. That's your enemy. That's the dog that's trying. I'm the good guy. You know me. Smell me before you bite me. You moron dog. I could have done that. And people, I mean, your dog bit you. You would have been well within your rights to do that. But she was hurting and she was scared. And she just 
lashed out because she felt like the world was attacking her. Everything that she once believed was safe in her world is now unsafe. So she didn't know me. She didn't know the difference between me and that pit bull. And when people are acting out, you got to remember that they're acting out of hurt and fear. Oh my God, our whole world is afraid of something right now. We're afraid of drag shows and we're afraid of books and we're afraid of the... I can't even go on. It's exhausting, honestly. And the fact that believers, that believers are lining up in this bandwagon of fear, it breaks my heart. Because the Bible says we've not been given a spirit of fear. But we're overcomers. We have the confidence and the promise of God being greater than it all. And there is a world around us, and that world isn't some distant thing beyond the walls of your home. The world is your friends and your family and your spouse and your kids. That is your world. And they are hurting, and they're afraid, and there's something happening in their life that's causing insecurity, and they bite as a result of that. And they lash out as a result of that. And I've got big news for you. You're Lucy too. People are afraid to get near you. People are afraid to be vulnerable with you. People are afraid to have relationship with you because we all hurt one another. That's why it's so important that we begin to recognize our capacity, our percentages. That's why we begin to think about what our floor is and know that we can't give more than we want to give. I mean, I, I want to give 100% to everything. This was a transformational season for me when I came back from the extended sabbatical a couple years ago as I just said, I can't continue to do ministry at a pace that costs the health of me and my marriage and my family because I put ministry ahead of them when I didn't know I was doing it or when I believed it was the noble right thing to do. That if I didn't do it, somehow Jesus could not figure out a way to bring help to this person. Oh my gosh, Chris was my last and final hope. What will I ever do? And I began to recognize that some people were using me in place of prayer, in place of change in their own life, in place of counseling. They were coming to me for all the wrong reasons, not maliciously, but because when we're not healthy, we don't think in a healthy way. And it's so important that you know in every relationship what you can give to it, where you're at, so that the hope is that every relationship you have, you say, I'm giving 100% to that 30% and to that 18%. That one gets 55. I love that one because I get something back from that one. And that one, that's 5%. That one, it only goes about five minutes before they say something racist, sexist, uh, stupid and political, and I have to just bolt. I high five them. I, I love seeing you, you old racist. And then you turn around and walk away. There's a, there's a racist I love. It's going to be you. I don't love the racism, but gosh, we're going to, get you past that one day. Do me a favor and, and just uh, give yourself a moment and uh, bow your heads.
Hey, leave your heads up. Just close your eyes. And I want you to just think about some relationships right now that maybe you're thinking, yeah, this, this is that relationship for me. This is the one that only gets 10% or should get 10%. But I keep trying. I keep thinking it should be 40 or 50 or 70%. And it's just never going to be that way. But I'm tired of it bringing out the worst in me instead of the best in me. And I want to just recognize where it is before I get unhealthy, where that floor is. I want to start bringing the best of me to that. I want to start looking into my own life and recognizing where my floor is and why I don't have more capacity. What I've allowed to fill up my time and my space and my energy and my health, what is consuming that and why I'm not at my best. And I want to move forward. I I want to be somebody that people want to go deep with because I understand healthy boundaries. I lovingly protect those boundaries because I'm protecting us, protecting them, I'm protecting me. My health can continue to grow. Their health can continue to grow. Just fill me with grace, God, for those who's, who will never move the ball down the field, who are never going to get any better, whose percentage will never change with me. But let me be full of grace and humility and thanksgiving and tenderness and kindness and just go, I, I want to put up with them, lovingly put up with them. How often did you do that with us and still do it with us? You put up with our, our stupidity and our anger and our nastiness and our rebellion and all of the things that we bring to this relationship that have to turn your stomach, but yet you meet us with humility and grace and kindness and tenderness and mercy. You tolerate all of the other stuff because you love the time you get to be with us. Make us more like you. Let us see every relationship as a potential for more health, to get more healthy and to give more health. We pray all of this in your name. Amen.